Welcome to the Capitalize podcast. I'm your host, Craig West, the founder of Capitalize, and I'm going to take you through our digital platform to help you work with business owners to maximize the value of their business and successfully exit. In this episode of Capitalize Insights, we're joined by Tommy Battle. Tommy's the president of Financial Designs and leader of its Abundance Business Coaching Program. We're going to ask him a lot more about that in a moment. He's also a certified financial planner and has recently completed the Certified Exit Planning Advisor designation as well. So he's been spending a lot of time studying by the looks of it. Tommy, hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Uh, It's great to be with you. I will admit it's been many, many years since I passed the CFP, and I promised myself at that time that I would never take another test. (laughs) And I broke that promise with the SEPA, and I was glad I did it. It was good. Yeah, how'd you find it? Through a, a mutual friend. Mark Dorman, Joe Scheid, after I jumped in with financial designs, ran into people who had the designation, learned more about it. Yeah, fantastic. We might start, Tommy, with a bit of your background. Maybe tell us a little bit about your history, what sort of work you've done before, and then ultimately how you ended up in exit planning. Great. So started out my career as a school teacher and coach, and then a fundraiser at this small private school that I had attended. And then I decided to spread my wings, got my master's in business, MBA, Uh and jumped in really into financial services and wealth management at that time, probably a 15-year run. There, very interesting opportunities to launch a broker-dealer inside a bank, part of M&A teams as both the team being acquired and acquiring, but mostly, again, on the operating side. And then after 13 bosses in eight years, I decided to take an entrepreneurial leap and joined a a wealth management practice. And in that same year, I joined the board of this this same private school. It was Mm -hmm. 2003. Roll the clock forward and um, co-chairing the search committee for the next head of school when somebody suggested maybe that should be me. And this was a time when the school had been, let's call it, uh, hitting the teeth with the Great Recession, like many other companies. And so having the the business background and some history of the school, having been a teacher, my profile was interesting to the board at the time. And it was the right thing to do, move my family to the campus. And, And ultimately, Craig, it was an incredible and challenging business turnaround brand challenges, financial challenges, culture, et cetera. About eight and a half years into that, I realized I was ready for something else and began to work on my own succession and exit from that opportunity and um, affected that successfully and jumped back into a wealth management practice, financial designs. Little did I know at the time um, the depth of the opportunity and the business planning, continuity, succession, and exit planning that was sitting there for me. As I began to go deeper, I realized that my experience running a company, turning around a company, affecting my own succession and exit had really prepared me to be a better advisor than I realized. And so I've really spent the last two, two and a half years kind of scaling our business coaching, business advisory practice within financial designs. Yeah, fantastic. That's a very interesting story, running a school in the middle of all of that. A lot of people forget that schools aren't just about teachers and education. There's actually a business there and sometimes quite a substantial business. Lots of staff, lots of clients, customers, children. Yeah. (laughs) 
you have to keep so many plates spinning at once. Mm. And <laughs> it had 120 employees before the Great Recession in 80 uh, when I got there. And that's about where we stayed. Yeah, wow. But a big endowment uh, reported to a board. And Craig, that discipline, you know, being on the board for seven years and then working for a board for 10 really embedded me uh, levels of accountability and discipline that I've seen that other that private business owners don't necessarily have to reach for. So I have some wonderful lessons and experiences from that. Have, again, made me a better advisor. Yeah, fantastic. So skip forward now to financial designs and just tell us a little bit about that practice. What sort of clients do you look after? What sort of services do you provide? Great. So founder Rick Scruggs uh, learned soon that um, he had a passion for private and family-owned businesses. And, and Rick is in his, this is the 40th year for financial designs. So in that time, you can imagine when he started the journey it was traditional financial advisory relationships, um, corporate-owned life insurance, investment financial planning, then got into the 401k business. And we have a large 401k practice, probably 50 plans, 3,500 participants. But through those decades, of course, running into succession, transition planning, first gen to second gen, outside sales. So Rick had really built a, a reputation and expertise in the ESOP space and in uh, succession and exit planning, but more as a project basis. Right. So as I came in, we looked at that opportunity within the, the current client set and realized we could be better, do better, and, and build a more robust program for, you know, we call it continuity, succession, transition, exit planning. Yeah, fantastic. So a lot of your clients today are business owners. Correct. And you're looking after both their family or personal wealth and financial planning and advice and investment, but you're also looking after the business succession and exit. Is that right? That's correct. And I also, I had a business coach at the school and brought that coach with me. He was an EOS implementer. Oh, yes. Yep. And um, so we were familiar with that discipline and built that discipline within our own practice here at Financial Designs. When I was introduced to the Pinnacle Business Guides, it's a, a, a handful of EOS implementers is spun off in 2018, and yep. we'll call it the EOS on steroids. Yep. And I became certified Pinnacle Business Guide. And so let's call it in the in the exit planning vernacular, the value acceleration phase. Yep. That's where I'm also spending a good bit of time. Yeah, fantastic. Okay. So that's quite an interesting area to work in with business owners, not just on exit and succession, but on how do I accelerate the value? How do I increase the value of the business before I even think about exit or succession or sale or whatever ESOP you mentioned before? Yes. You know, I have I developed a saying somewhere along the line that that vision without traction is a hallucination. Yep. And I can't tell you how many visionaries, business owners, I find in teams that are so focused on chasing the big idea, um, but they fail to execute well and run with great operating discipline. And so often, some of my first questions are, tell me about your meetings. Tell me about your weekly KPIs? Does your team know how to win the week? You know, certain concepts about team culture and healthy team. And, you know, certainly the financial metrics are critical, 
but also I want to get inside the, the owner's head, the leadership team's head to see what's really happening within the business. Is it a saleable enterprise? And is it set up to create improved cash flow and profitability? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see some of the things you come across when you look at that. You know, you mentioned, does your team know how to win the week? So what are you looking at there? Right. You're looking at financial and non-financial KPIs, how they're tracked, what they do about them if they're not winning. Do you get involved at that level? I do. So in coaching in the Pinnacle business system, we talk about, and this is EOS or scaling up, uh-huh. the accountability chart, each seat. Yep. What are the right, you know, Jim Collins, good to great. What are the, the right seats on the bus? Do we have the right people in the seats and do they are they aligned around the vision? So we talk about, does every employee know what their daily obsessions should be? So if you have a marketing professional and they show up, what do you want them to be obsessed about every day? Yep. And, you know, marketing is brand exposure, lead generation. So you can turn it into some KPIs for that seat. So at the end of the week, you can ask the member of the marketing team, did you win your week? And they yep. know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because often it's quite easy to work for a week and you've done a lot of stuff. But is it the right stuff? Is it the stuff that really matters, as you said, to win the week? Yeah. And in a production environment that's translatable, you know, the great game of business is a good uh, story of, of keeping score and yep. how important that is to a production team. But often I, I say to teams, you know, what's your receptionist? How, how does he or she know that they've won their week? And sometimes the business owners scratching their head and say, I don't know. We'll ask them. And I bet they can tell you. And that'll help you figure out what their KPIs need to be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then you can measure that and respond accordingly. Exactly. Yeah, okay. That's quite interesting. Is that often value acceleration or is it turnaround or a bit of both? It's a bit of both. Of the companies I'm working with, none are in distress. Yeah. You know, everybody's been had it pretty easy, I think, in the last, you know, seven to eight years. And and now they're they're looking at themselves very, very carefully. You know company with 33 years straight profitability had reasonable skepticism about the value that I could possibly add. Yep. But in time, the team is happier. The team is more focused. The owner's excited because they're working on the right things, not everything. Yep. And we can watch their net profit margin just inch up nicely on a very large company. So that, that creates just strong impact on the bottom line. Makes a big difference. There's not many companies I've ever come across where you can't improve something somewhere. They might well be, as you said, that company's made money 33 years in a row. I mean, that's pretty good. Most companies would be pretty happy with that arrangement. But can they do better? Are their staff, you know, working too hard? Is there anything else we can drive in terms of performance? Yes, and and interesting, and, and oftentimes I find you have to get through the business owner to the operating team. Sometimes the operating team are the one with their hair on fire. And I, I've even had a, an owner kind of rate their operating team a 10 out of 10 on ultimate metrics. Then when I interviewed the operating team, they were five and six. It's because they were fixing everything yep. before it got to the business owner. And so he was insulated from the internal problems. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a bit more about how that relates to or interacts with the exit planning stuff. How do you get from that? You know, you're focusing on a company that's made money for 33 years, you're going to improve the profit, get the owner out of the way, let him do what he's supposed to be doing. How does that then translate into an exit strategy? So interestingly, in in that example, it, it is leveraging the concepts of outlined in the Business Insights Report. How do you grow value and ensure value? How do you make sure that the, there is a plan 
that is um, defined and documented. We have a saying that says every owner exits their business, either 10 toes up or 10 toes down. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it 10 toes down and have a plan in writing. You know, that plan could be three years from now or 10 years from now. And so if it's 10 years from now, it's often the management succession concepts, protege development, people growth strategies, you know, the, the, the exit planning is good strategic planning concept. And then when that timeline is, you know, shortened, then we, you know, get into the discipline of what are your options, you know, internal sale, you know, strategic buyer, ESOP, et cetera, the more technical aspects of the exit planning. Yeah, okay. Now you mentioned the Business Insights Report. You're obviously following the CPAR, the five stages of value, the methodology that that, that everyone uses through the EPI method and this capitalized software. So you, you've obviously seen the integration between the methodology and the software and how it works. How are you finding that? Is that working for you? Is that making your life easier? I think it is. I'm a structured guy. I, as you said, you know, I, I embraced EOS and yep. installing an operating system in the company I was running. I've embraced it for our, I, I wanted to learn more by becoming certified in the pinnacle and teaching companies how to be disciplined. So having a structured approach um, makes a lot of sense to me. Sometimes I can bring too many voices into my head. So it's nice to have <laughs> um, experienced folks like yourself who can bring some grounding into the experience of a professional. So, you know, every owner needs to understand ultimately the freedom point they're trying to achieve. You know, how much does it take to live your life? How long are you going to live that life? And how do you do it with purpose? And so bringing those stages into my coaching discipline has been very helpful. And I think the depth with which you have taken it within the business insights, the diagnostic, the benchmarking, it A, has given me confidence to take it upstream to more complicated, uh, more sophisticated buyers. Yeah. And I've had you know good stories where you know a CFO, for example, has looked at that and said, we don't have this, we need this. You know, this level of intelligence about our, our company, even if exit wasn't the first thing they were asking about. Yeah, and that's interestingly, that was one of the key drivers. You've sort of talked about two key things there. One, I see a lot of businesses every day. We deal with businesses and talk to people, whether it's my advisors working with a client and they come to me and say, what do you think we should do here? There's one theme that comes up every time and you've said it a number of times already, structure and discipline. They just don't have it. Right. They're really good at air conditioning or they're really good at real estate or they're really good at, you know, a being a lawyer. That doesn't make them a good business person. So often they're not structured. They're not disciplined. They're a little bit random. If they're the entrepreneur you were talking about before, they're very likely to be going and grabbing shiny things and running off and following that pathway to the end of a rainbow, maybe, or the end of a bloody big hole they don't need to be in. Right. So that's the first thing. The second one is often as well, the the analysis. You mentioned the word analysis and the intelligence, really understanding exactly what you've got today. And that Business Insights report is designed specifically to achieve one thing. And that is, what have you actually got today? How good is it? Where are the gaps? Nobody likes to be told their baby or their business is ugly, but there's always a few ugly bits. There's always a few things that aren't quite right which is what you're working on, obviously, through the Pinnacle methodology. How are you finding the integration? You're obviously doing the exit planning and using the insights report, but then you've got some real world solutions. You come in with Pinnacle and say, okay, here's how you solve that particular problem. I think it's a great marriage. I'll be honest. I feel lucky that I've kind of built that discipline and competency within myself, but I'm part of a larger team. Mm. Um, we can talk about that in a minute. But I think if you're out there as a solo advisor, 
you need to have a business coach. I have a saying too, that the advice model for private and family businesses has been broken because advice has been delivered in silos and silos have no windows. So you'd need a trusted quarterback. And that's what we say we do is putting windows in the silos. We'll have some depth and competency in some of these silos, but we're not attorneys. We're not at CPAs. We happen to have an affiliation with an insurance program. We happen to have a 401k qualified plan and an ESOP expertise. And I happen to be a business coach, value acceleration, growth coach, and then exit planning. But Mr. Business Owner, you need to have these discipline and competencies around the table. And without a quarterback, you're left to figure out if you were getting best-in-class advice from each of your silos. And is that where you want to be spending your time? Yeah, and that's hard work if you're a business owner because you've got so many other things you've got to do. Right. Absolutely. You know, one of my impressive small clients who has really built structure and discipline, if you look back a few years, they didn't. You know, they they were doing fine, but really not making any money. They were spending everything they had. And um, last, last year, they grew 60% and didn't make any money. Yeah, wow. But he says to me, he goes, I got in the business because I like to build stuff. He's a general contractor, not because I knew how to run a business. So I'm grateful for professionals like you and another advisor we use that's really helped me and my son learn how to run a great company. And, you know, this year they'll grow another 31% top line with a 40% gross margin, 20% net margin target. And that's so cool because they committed to structure and discipline to make themselves better. Yeah, fantastic. So you mentioned before the business and the number of advisors and so on. Tell us a bit about the business. How many people have you got? How do they how do they work together, et cetera? Yeah, so we have three dedicated advisors. So we are a an affiliate of a registered broker dealer and registered investment advisor. And we operate the business coaching through a, a, an approved outside business activity. Those of folks yep. that are registered in the US will understand what that is. So three of us are are licensed securities and insurance professionals, and then I have the SEPA and the CFP. We've also recently hired a CPA who's operating as our CFO, but then being a fractional CFO in some of our relationships, and then supporting me on the more tax and financial deep dives that we might do. So let's call it four professionals involved directly with the clients and support team so there's eight or nine of us right now as a team. You know, so two divisions, the financial solutions division, 401k plan, group benefits, investments, financial planning, wealth management, and the business coaching division. Right. That makes it sound bigger than it is because some of us are floating between the two. And how, what, what does a typical client look like? Have you got an industry focus or it's quite general? It's more business owner focused? How does that work? Yeah, business owner focused. I'd say if you look at our, Demographic profile, 5 million to 200 million in gross revenue. Got to have some profitability and embrace outside advice and, and paying for outside advice. You have to be coachable. So we do across industries. We happen to have a nice segment of, of construction general contractors, right. but right. machine shops, funeral homes. I've got it. rocket scientists, client, wow. <laughs> um, which is cool. Uh, The fact that they are smart enough to do all this on themselves by themselves, but appreciate having a third party facilitate. Geographically, primarily Central Virginia in the U.S. and Mid Atlantic, but we're called into more complex cases across the country. 
And that's that's fun and challenging. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so before we wrap up, how do people contact you? How do people get in touch with you? So our website is www.financialdesigns.com. And I, I don't mind sharing my email address because it's out there on the web, tbattle at financialdesigns.com. And then I, I do use LinkedIn. Tommy Battle is the name in which my LinkedIn profile is set up. Yeah, perfect. Now, before we wrap up, I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions that we ask everybody. So the first one is, what's your number one tip for advisors? Thank this is probably a common answer. This be a great listener and really develop great inquiry skills. Um, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care kind of thing. Yep. Um, and I've always found that, that a mentor of mine said, Tommy, make sure you get all the questions right before you have all the answers. Fantastic. Now, I notice you've got some books behind you and you, I can see Pinnacle there and a few others that I recognize as well. The next question is, what's your favorite business book? If I had to pick one, Pinnacle is is great for understanding how the operating system, putting it all together. But The Road Less Stupid, like Keith Cunningham, is The Road a good Less one. Stupid. Eh? Yeah. It, it, this well, is I haven't a heard of that fabulous. before. No. Oh, it's a must. See. And, and I would actually suggest it as an audible book because he's a Texan and he's got a great accent. <laughs> and then another one I picked up recently is your ownership journey by Bruce Werner. Anybody who's cleaned their gutters on their house maybe has done it with a Werner ladder. Um, oh, wow. And, and yeah. this is a 12 Secrets for Personal and Business Success. You can see I've got all the pages earmarked and flagged. It is outstanding. Fantastic. Three good tips there. So that's good. Thank you. Yeah. And the last one, do you practice what you preach? Have you got an exit strategy? You know, the, the answer is yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm so focused on the building strategy right now. It's super uh, exciting to be growing something that's so impactful and meaningful. Taking a 40-year company with a founder who has next-level thinking and finding a way to create scalability in what he had been doing kind of heroically through his own efforts. Um, so, so the exit plan ultimately is to build the team around us and make sure that our clients, some of his clients have been with him for 40 years. Yeah, wow. So the next generation of business coach and advisor is ultimately the transition plan uh, that, and the team that we're building around us have, will have that. Yeah, fantastic. And you said it before, actually, you said something along the lines of, you know, exit planning strategy is just good business strategy. So it's not as if it's yes. completely separated. Obviously, you're building with that strategy in mind. So fantastic. Yes. Tommy, thanks for joining us. It's been great. Greg, Really enjoyed it and look forward to seeing you again soon. Absolutely. I'm coming over to the States in May, so hopefully we'll catch up then. Yeah, I think we will. Great. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for the Capitalize podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful. There's a lot more resources available on our website, which is just www.capitalize.com. And if you're looking for it, it's Capitalize without the E at the end. Feel free to reach out to us if you need any further help. Thanks for joining us.